I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. The first case of COVID-19 in Illinois was reported one year ago this week. In that time, the state has seen more than one million known cases and over 18,000 deaths. And while the virus continues to affect our hospitals, our economy, and the way we live, there is good news. Numbers in the state are trending down. People are staying at home and being careful about what they do and who they do it with. And of course, there's a vaccine, which, based on what we're hearing from the new administration, will be available to more people in more places faster than we've seen over the last month. But what's going on right now in Chicago? Dr. Allison Arwady is the commissioner of the Chicago Department of Public Health. Dr. Arwady, welcome back to Reset. Thank you. Appreciate it. So Chicago and suburban Cook County is now relaxed from Tier 3 to Tier 2 restrictions. So casinos and museums can reopen with limited capacity. Uh, Social gatherings in Chicago are limited to no more than 10 people, though indoor dining at restaurants and bars remains suspended in the city. What else has changed, doctor? Uh, So, first of all, this is really good news, as you said. This is an example of people here in Chicago broadly doing the right thing, wearing those masks, changing their holiday plans. We did see a little bit of a bump post those holiday gatherings, um, but we are now past that and heading the right way. So, in addition to what you laid out, health and fitness centers can be open at 25% capacity. Those fitness group classes of 10 or fewer uh, can resume under those capacity. Our movie theaters and performance venues can reopen indoors, 40% capacity, no more than 50 people in any space. And people who want to see more details, I'd refer to chicago.gov slash reopening. But this is a really good step. And we're sitting at about an 8 to 9% positivity now, down from 16% at the peak. We're getting close if we keep seeing progress in this way. Um, I'm hopeful that really quite soon we will be able to make that next cautious step and get some of those indoor um, bars and restaurants uh, open again with very limited, probably 25% capacity, just a few people. Um, we are balancing all of this, of course, against recognizing there's a new strain, wanting to make sure that we're being careful, but we're making excellent progress here. And I couldn't be more pleased um, with the fact that at the same time the vaccine is rolling out, we're seeing people not relax their efforts um, and helping get us past COVID as a city. Well, we're hearing uh, some breaking reporting from Block Club Chicago that everyone should be able to receive their vaccine by mid-May. Is is that correct? <laughs> All right. Let me highlight uh, that, you do that it? I just finished my <laughs> Facebook live stream, and I'm guessing where that's coming from. And uh, let me clarify that that is not what I said. I had um, to so ask. Let me, maybe I'll just lay out for folks. We've, we've gotten a lot of questions around projected dates. Um, and as you noted at the beginning here, Those dates are completely dependent on how much vaccine Chicago receives. We this week are getting 34,000 first doses of vaccine. As we move into phase 1B on Monday, where we formally are open to Chicagoans over 65, our non-healthcare residential settings, and and some very specific frontline essential workers, there are more than 360,000 Chicagoans just age 65 and older, and then hundreds of thousands, right, in those other categories. And so 
we're not even going to be getting enough vaccine right now to vaccinate 5% of the people who are eligible in a given week. But what we said is we look ahead. Phase 1B is beginning January 25th. We'll be focused on those groups really over, especially the months of um, February and March. We've, we've said that tentatively, March 29th, we may be able to move into 1C. That's when we open up to Chicagoans age 16 to 64 with underlying medical conditions and all other essential workers. And then just to put a date on it, we said tentatively we may be able to open up to the rest of Chicagoans May 31st, which really means, uh, you know, this summer starting in June. And that would be for all Chicagoans age 16 and older with kids folding in. So at this point, those are pure projections based on what we're hearing, uh, that there are going to be increasing vaccine available coming from the federal government as production ramps up. I am hopeful that we'll be able to meet some of those deadlines. That's certainly what we're planning for and building the infrastructure to be able to do it. We can handle as much federal vaccine as gets here. Um, we've been enrolling, you know, hundreds of healthcare providers around the city uh, that we'll be pushing vaccine to even as we move into phase 1B. But yes, the, those are the projections that we're, that we're roughly saying. Starting January yeah. 25th, but February and March, main focus on 1B. Starting maybe March 29th with a focus in April and May um, on phase 1C. And then starting May 31st and really over the summer, um, opening up broadly. I hope we can move faster than that. <laughs> it may be slower than that, yeah. um, but we're ready. Uh, we've got plans that can either expand or contract, uh, all depending on how much vaccine and then how much support, uh, you know, financial support we get um, to let us ramp up our operations even more. Well, I'm so glad you cleared that up. But let us know specifically who's in 1B, 1C. We're also wanting to know about teachers when they'll be vaccinated because Chicago public school kids are back. Yes, absolutely. So 1B, um, it begins on January 25th. That means that everybody in that group are eligible for vaccine, but we make efforts to prioritize by COVID risk in particular order. And, and, we're, and there's some information that's going up on our website um, about this. Broadly speaking, in 1B, it's open to Chicagoans age 65 and older. We've asked healthcare workers to prioritize those who are over 75, those who have underlying medical conditions, um, but it's open to everybody over 65, and then it's open to specific groups of frontline essential workers. Um, and again, we will be working to bring vaccine to those employer settings where we've seen outbreaks that are highest risk for COVID. And to kind of talk you through just what, what that means at a high level, it means that really this last week of January, first week of February, we'll be pushing vaccine through employers to correctional settings, first responders. That's where we've seen the most COVID cases and outbreaks. Every case we prevent in those settings indirectly prevents a lot of other cases. And then over February, we'll be making vaccine available through employers to grocery store workers, uh, manufacturing and factory settings that have seen outbreaks. And then, yes, daycare K-12 and early education workers. They are definitely prioritized um, within February. We already are working to get their health care, their nurses, et cetera, have been getting vaccinated. um, And there's a lot of planning happening. So through employers, we expect to be able to begin vaccinating in February. But again, that's begin. We don't have enough vaccine and we're balancing all of these different groups um, that need to get vaccine. And then over the months of March, again, depending on vaccine availability, we'll be directing vaccine through employers to public transit, other manufacturing, agriculture, and some continuity of government and postal office settings. So teachers, you know, as of um, January 25th, become eligible for vaccine, but we'll be pushing vaccine through 
through their employer. So people will be able to get vaccinated at work, for example, beginning a little bit later in February. Breakdown for us once again. Uh, you you mentioned the positivity rates, doctor. You said we're at eight to nine percent, down from sixteen. Yep. Tell us more about the trends over the last few months and weeks, because uh, the country we saw the highest number of deaths per day recently. One, one day, actually, over forty four hundred people died. How is Chicago comparing to that? Yes. So there, too, we're, we're doing well, actually. Um, I want to put it in some perspective. You know, we are having this nationwide moment of remembrance, and we're recognizing it. I heard you call that out in Chicago tonight. We've had almost 4,500 Chicagoans die from COVID. I mean, that is a lot. In our first surge, the most that we were seeing was as many as 50 Chicagoans per day, uh, really hitting us very hard. Over the summer, we were able to get that down to as low as sort of three to four Chicagoans dying per day. Still too too many, but broadly in good control. In that second surge, um, the most that we were seeing was about 24 Chicagoans dying per day. Uh, and as of right now, we're back down to about 12 Chicagoans per day. So Chicago and Illinois are actually doing a lot better than the country overall is doing right now. We are very much coming down out of that second surge. Our case numbers um, are dropping dramatically in November around that Thanksgiving time where we were really sounding the alarm. We had as many as, you know, we were adding 2,400, 2,500, occasionally even 3,000 new cases per day here Mm -hmm. in Chicago. We're back under 1,000 there, heading the right way. Um, So all of our metrics are looking good, um, although I want to really emphasize we are not done with COVID. And so as we are able to make these careful reopening steps, very much depending on people to keep their guard up, keep wearing the mask, keep doing the social distancing, not give COVID on, you know, opportunities to spread where we don't have to. I'm really confident with where we're sitting right now. Obviously, we're we're watching um, given additional variants that are moving, but everything is going the right way. And uh, vaccine is just one more piece of good news on top of the good news mm-hmm. of COVID under, coming under control. And our ability to direct vaccine to some of these settings like long-term care, uh, like factory settings where we see outbreaks, that has a disproportionate impact in terms of us getting Chicago past COVID. So vaccine is this new tool that we have to also control the outbreak here. So it's really good news on all fronts. Let's talk about this COVID variant. Last time I checked, it was in Indiana and Wisconsin. Give us a quick explainer, doctor, of how this strain is different from what we've seen over the past year. We had our first case of this strain identified here in Chicago last week. It wasn't a traveler who had, you know, traveled to um, the U.K. and and the Middle East. Um, And we obviously did all of the appropriate contact tracing and followed up to ensure that that person's contacts here were quarantining to to limit spread. But regardless, uh, these variants, they're here. They're popping up around the country. They're popping up around the world. And the most important thing to know, I think, is that – at this point, you know, every variant that has been detected, the vaccine still works against it. And I'm, I remain very confident that is the way, at least in the foreseeable future and hopefully indefinitely, uh, that, that will be. So first, the vaccine still works. Secondly, it doesn't make people sicker. But there's some differing modeling. We're still understanding there's animal studies going on exactly how much more um, infectious or contagious uh, this virus is, but it's a little more contagious, meaning that if you 
let down your guard a little bit, right? Like if you're in a setting, you might need fewer, uh, less virus actually kind of getting into your nose or mouth to potentially infect you. And so it really, in terms of what it means practically for us in Chicago, it's just that while we're at this phase where we can carefully do some reopening, it's about not taking unnecessary risks, doing all of the things that have gotten us this far, uh, and not letting up on that. So we're, we continue to monitor CDPH even before the variant had invested millions of dollars from the federal government in terms of building more capacity to do that kind of genomic surveillance that lets us uh, follow these variants. Um, so certainly a point for, for concern, but the good news is at this point, we just have to keep doing the things that we already have been hearing for, you know, nearly a year um, that helped protect us against COVID. And uh, the, the Biden administration says that it plans to keep travel restrictions in place on the UK, Ireland and other parts of Europe and Brazil, despite the Trump administration announcing yesterday that it was going to lift the ban on January 26th. <laughs> Do you agree with the decision to, to keep travel to and from those countries banned? I do. I mean, at this point, you know, this, and this is going to be an, an evolving conversation, but I think one of the things you've seen, you know, as you know, here in Chicago, we have worked pretty hard on, on some of that travel interstate here, too. When people travel, they give opportunities for COVID to spread, even when they're trying to be careful. There's no way around it. Uh, and particularly where we are seeing some of these variants that we're especially concerned about uh, emerging more quickly internationally. Nationally, any opportunity to buy us some more time here, to be able to get more vaccine out, to be able to have, you know, all of the, these things in place makes us less likely to get that severe impact or potentially more severe impact from a variant. So I think, you know, everybody's goal is to get the world past COVID. Yeah. One of the ways to get the world past COVID is to be very careful um, around uh, and then limit where possible travel to what is now a higher risk setting, not just for the number of cases, but for the fact that some of these more infectious variants are circulating more widely. We're not going to be able to completely keep it out. This is a global world, but I think things that help uh, limit that spread, just, you know, mirroring what we've done on the local level here um, is, I do think right now, that is the right decision. And as more vaccine comes out, this isn't forever, but for right now, I do agree with that decision. Well, that's Chicago Public Health Director, Dr. Allison Arwady. Dr. Arwady, thanks so much for joining us. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for having me. Bye-bye. And that's today's Reset. For the latest and most accurate info on everything from COVID-19 to the inauguration, tune to 91.5 or go to wbez.org. And please give this podcast a quick rating and review. It just takes a few seconds and it really helps others find us. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Thanks for listening. We'll meet again soon. Thank you.